I'm speaking on what I'm simply calling is where the river flows. And if you can turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel 47, I'm going to pick up a few verses out of that in a moment. But where the river flows, I really believe that God has got a significant future for Level 10 Church. And this is a time where we need to be hearing what God is saying to us prophetically. So again, thank you, Lawrence, for what you shared, because the prophetic gives us vision, but also understanding as to the purposes of God for us individually and corporately. And this is a season where we as a church need to hear what God is saying prophetically. The church in the nation needs to hear what God is saying prophetically. And we need to understand prophetically what God is doing in our nation at this time through this whole season of the pandemic. And just recently, you will recall, we had a prophetic word that simply said that level 10 church is like a ship in a dry dock. But I want us to reflect on that a little bit by saying that as a ship, it is not a cruise liner. <laughs> the church was never called to sort of give passengers a nice holiday. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ was never designed to carry passengers. We know that. Yeah. And I believe that this ship that is symbolic of Level 10 Church at this present time is a cross between a battleship where we have to engage the enemy, but also a hospital ship where we need to minister healing to the broken. Now, dry dock is a safe place. But it's never meant to be a permanent place. It's a place of rest, a place of repair for a season, but the time will come when the ship has to sail again. However, when it comes to setting sail, this is my important question. Will we sail on the river of God's spirit or on the canal of our making and choosing? Let me ask that again. When it comes time to sail out of dry dock, will we sail on the river of God's spirit or the canal of our making and choosing? You see, there's a great difference between a canal and a river. Canals are man-made. Rivers are natural. And the Bible always speaks of God's spirit symbolically as a river. Psalm 46 verse 4, there is a river that makes the city of God, the streams of which makes the city of God glad. We had read to us just now from Adam in John 7 38, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Out of his inmost being will flow rivers of living water. And then it says in parenthesis, when Jesus spoke of rivers of living water, he was referring to the Holy Spirit. So God's spirit is symbolized by rivers, not by canals. Canals are shallow. Canals are safe. Canals are narrow and secure. They eventually come to a dead end. Rivers are vast. They're flowing and they lead to the oceans of the world. And often for us, when it comes to seeking God for revival, we can often want God to revive the canal 
that we are familiar with, the canal of our own digging and making, rather than God reviving in such a way that we encounter and experience something fresh from him that we have never, ever known before. Now, when we are able to return to meeting again as a church in the church centre, and we're going to do an experiment on the 4th of October, but when we're able to start meeting again regularly, then we cannot go back to the canal of our own making, what we were familiar with in the past. We need to find the river of the flow of God's spirit and move in all that God is wanting to do at this time and in this season. If level 10 church is currently in dry dock, then when those dock gates open, I don't want us to be stuck in a canal. I want us to flow in the depth and in the width of the river of God's spirit. And if we go to Ezekiel 47, I'm sure you'll be familiar with the passage. Ezekiel, he receives a vision and a man takes him to where this river is flowing out from the temple of God. And then he takes him for a little walk along the river and they walk for a quarter of a mile and then they cross the river and it's ankle deep. Then they walk for another quarter of a mile and they cross the river and it's sort of up to the knees. Then they walk another quarter of a mile crossing the river, it's up to the waist. And then a further quarter of a mile, they cross the river and it is too deep to walk across. The only way you could get across would be to swim. And then from verse six of Ezekiel 47, the man who was leading Ezekiel says to him, have you been watching? Have you been taking notice? Then he led me back along the riverbank. Verse seven, when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows <coughs> east through the desert into a valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand still along the shores of the Dead Sea, all the way from Engedi to En Elegim and the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea, just as they fill the Mediterranean, but the marshes and the swamps will not be purified, they will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kind will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always <coughs> be fruit on their branches, there will be a new crop every month, for they will be watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves will be for healing. <coughs> Ezekiel was a charismatic prophet. He was the prophet of the Old Testament who spoke more about the Holy Spirit than any of the other Old Testament prophets. And his challenge was for the people of God to understand and live in the flow and in the power of God's Holy Spirit. So how can we do this? What does this teach us? Three things I want to bring to you this morning. The first thing is we have to pursue transformation. 
in verse 8 it says salty waters of the dead sea will be made fresh and pure that is a miracle of transformation before lockdown many churches were in a predictable canal which was safe and comfortable with the occasional lock gates opening that caused a little bit of a stir but nothing really changed if you look at our nation if you see where this nation is at spiritually speaking you will know that the church has not been incredibly powerful but god is at work Amen. and in level 10 let's ask some questions when was the last time we saw somebody saved baptized filled with the holy spirit healed this is not a criticism it's just an observation you see the gospel is about transformation 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The gospel is about transformation, transforming people's lives individually, transforming families, transforming communities, ultimately transforming nations. And I really believe that this pandemic that's going on throughout the nations of the world, God has a massive purpose to bring change and transformation in turning the hearts of tens of thousands of people to himself. But you see, when the church stops pursuing transformation, it ends up in stagnation. The Dead Sea is a stagnant pool. It goes nowhere. It is a lifeless dead end. That's why it is called the Dead Sea. This river that Ezekiel sees here in this chapter, it's a river that flows from the temple and it has transforming power. Everything that flows from the church of Jesus Christ should have transforming power. We are a company of people who are called to bring the transforming love of God into our communities, into our relationships by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as this river flowed through the desert, it began to transform everything it touched until it poured into the, red, the Dead Sea that suddenly stopped being dead and became a sea that was teeming with life. This is symbolic of the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. He always brings transformation. My favorite verse in the Bible is Romans 8, 11. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will bring life, transformation to your mortal, decaying, dying bodies. In Romans 12, verse 1, it talks about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, but he also says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We, as a company of people, have got to pursue transformation because that is the work and the life and the power of God's Holy Spirit. Isaiah 61 talks about transformation. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise in place of the spirit of heaviness. God is a God of transformation. That is the work of the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. And to begin to flow in the river of God, we have got to be a people who pursue transformation all the time. 
But something else that we see in these few verses in Ezekiel is we need also to pursue life in the spirit. Because in verse 9 it says, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. We are a Pentecostal church, which means we fully embrace the fullness and the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. So here's a question. Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are you being refilled every day? Do you know the joy of speaking and praying in other tongues? How many of you have heard of Jackie Pullinger? You must have done. She's 74 years of age. God took her many, many years ago to the walled city of Hong Kong, and she has done an incredible work for God down through the years in that place. And she continues to serve God in that area and has seen countless people come to know Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Janice gave me a, an article um, which I read last night, and this is something that Jackie Pullinger said on this. She said, nowadays, when people come to know Jesus, this was an interview she had with um, Christianity Premier Radio magazine, just a recent interview. Nowadays, when people come to know Jesus, we pray with them for the gift of tongues immediately. It's not an optional extra, we say. By the way, he'll give you a new language to help you talk to him. So they accept it. And several times it has happened. Within a few days, they're prophesying. And one man prophesied half of Philippians chapter 2, which he'd never read and he couldn't read anyway. Four days after he came to Jesus, this happened. This is a remarkable work, an encounter with the Spirit of God. We need to be Pentecostal people, not just in name, but in practice and in our daily lives. Do you move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? This is what it means to be Pentecostal. The great American evangelist D.L. Moody of the 1800s, he says, you might as well try to see without eyes, hear without ears, breathe without lungs, as to try to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. You see, this river brought life to everything that it touched. And if we're truly filled with the Holy Spirit, then we will carry God's life-giving presence wherever we go. Because we're carrying Jesus with us. It will be like a powerful stream that will be seen in our words and in our behavior. We will carry God's presence and it will make a difference wherever we go. I want to be a part of a church where every single week there are stories and testimonies that people are bursting to share because of the way the Holy Spirit has been flowing through them into each and every situation they have met during the week and remarkable testimonies to share. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church that we read of in the Acts of the Apostles. And that's the kind of church that God wants for us and the church in this nation, a church that is filled with the power of his spirit and manifesting his presence wherever we go. A.W. Tozer, another great pastor from the United States, he said, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel 
of the total plan of God for his people. So we need to be a people who pursue transformation. We need to be a people who pursue life in the spirit. But one last thing to share this morning is that we need to pursue the healing power of God. And back in these few verses in Ezekiel verse 12, it says the fruit will be food and the leaves will be for healing. The fruit will be for food. The leaves will be for healing. This was on the trees that were along the riverbank. What do these trees symbolize? I think they represent God's people. They represent you and me. How do I know that? Well, if we go to Psalm 1, the first Psalm, this is what it says. Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now, verse 3 of Psalm 1. They, these are those who follow God's law, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. We are symbolized here in the scripture as trees. So just have a look at the branches that are sitting next to you. Are they in good, healthy condition? Because this is what the scripture symbolizes us. We are trees planted in a healthy place in the life and in the presence and in the fullness of the God that we serve and feeding on the power of his spirit that's been poured out upon us. This is what trees are, the people of God, you and I. But what are they supposed to do? We'll go to the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22 and verses 1 and 2. Revelation 22, it's almost the very last page of your Bible. And it says this, An angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with fresh crop each month the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations you and i have a ministry to bring god's healing to our communities to our cities our towns ultimately to the nation now if you remember any science from school leaves work on a principle of photosynthesis which is a process by which they absorb light and carbon dioxide to produce glucose. That's food in order to feed the plant. Leaves breathe in the poisonous gas of carbon dioxide and then they breathe out oxygen. That's why we need to preserve our forests. We need to preserve our rainforests. We must not destroy them because it has a massive impact upon the health of our earth. But breathing in and breathing out sounds a little bit like what we should do as Christians. As we breathe in God's presence, so we should then breathe it out into our community. Sometimes we have to absorb all sorts of rubbish from people, all sorts of attitudes that come our way. But as we receive it graciously and then breathe out the love of God by the way that we behave and conduct ourselves, his presence 
is released into the community and it can make a massive difference. Mm. We live in a world that's poisoned by sin. But our prayer and presence can make way for the breath <laughs> of God to bring his kind of transformation into our world. So here's the question that we end with this morning. Will it be the canal of our own making or the river of God's spirit that level 10 will sail in when we leave the dry dock? I want to just pause for a moment of prayer before we go into some breakout rooms and have some conversations. And I want us just to have a quiet moment to consider this question or this thought in prayer together. I want us to ask God to take us deeper in the power and in the anointing of his Holy Spirit and to allow the living water of God's Spirit to touch us and to flow out of us in healing power. Jesus, we remember that you said, without me, you can do nothing. And you then told your disciples to go and wait into Jerusalem until they received power from heaven. We thank you for the person and work of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the way he brings a life-changing power into our lives. And Lord, we want to be people who are filled with the power of your spirit so that it's like a fragrance so that it's something that we carry and people become instantly aware of wherever we go and whoever we meet with lord we want them to see you we want to be people who are known to have been with jesus simply because of the anointing of your spirit upon us Lord, we want to flow in that river. Will you guide us? Will you continue to lead us in the purposes that you've got for us so that we become part of a church that is life-changing and transforming through the river of your spirit that flows amongst us? Fill us afresh today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.